0: Everyone needs a pastor. A visit to the Pastor's Study brings biblically faithful pastoral ministry to you and help from those with proven experience in Christian service. We want you to be part of the program during the 30 minutes ahead. To visit the Pastor's Study today, text your question at 516-367-0391. Again, that's 516 516- 367-0391. Now welcome to today's Visit to the Pastor's Study with Pastor Bill Shishko. And this is your host, Pastor
1: Bill Shishko, here with you. We do invite your calls. If you are listening on Saturday, the live call-in number, 631-955-5400. That's for Saturday only, Six three one nine five five. Five four zero zero, or you can text any time in the week as the voice of the visit to the pastor's study just told you, text questions any time during the week, five one six three six, seven zero three, nine one as you help us to put the program together. Well, when we broadcast our last program on improving your baptism, and if you didn't hear that program, I urge you to listen to it either from the archives on our a visit to the Pastors Study website or at our A Visit to the Pastors Study site on sermonaudio.com. When we broadcast that program, I knew (laughs) there would be questions about my reference to household baptism, which is often called infant baptism, and I was right. Many, if not most, of our listeners have been taught that baptism is exclusively for those who have believed in the Lord Jesus Christ and that baptism is a representation of that person's commitment to follow Jesus faithfully, and in the nature of the case, that can't be done by an infant, and therefore infants are not to be baptized. Well, I'm very familiar with that position. It's often called the believer's baptism alone view or some variant of it. But I also don't believe that that view does justice to all of the biblical data, especially the New Testament data, about baptism. So today, I have a caller who wants to discuss that topic, just as we would do in a pastor's study. We're going to let you listen as we consider, I'm just going to call it, infant baptism question mark. Our caller's name is Rebecca. Hey, Rebecca, welcome to a visit to the pastor's study.
2: Hi, thank you so much for
1: having me. Oh, it's great to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about yourself.
2: Um, yeah, so a little bit about myself. I just graduated from Liberty in May. And um I was brought up in a Christian home. Both of my parents are Christian. Um I was also I was baptized as an infant. And yeah.
1: Wow. Um where did you, now, now do you have well, well, let me put it this way, Rebecca. Where when did you begin to have questions about either who should be baptized or whether your baptism was legitimate, did that come in when when you were at Liberty University?
2: Um, sort of. It kind of came in right when I graduated. I had a friend, I had a couple friends who were Presbyterian but also Baptist, and so I had one friend in particular who really challenged me with the different ideas. So I started to think about it more and kind of mull over it and started to have more questions about
1: ah, it. Ah, you strike me as a thinking kind of uh, young lady. Just out of curiosity, Rebecca, what was your major at Liberty University?
2: I was exercise science.
1: Oh, okay, great, excellent. Well, yeah. Well, well let's, let's dive in here. Um, give, give me, well, what's your main question? Let's put it that way.
2: Um, so uh, my main question is... Uh, well, where in the New Testament and the Old Testament is there evidence for infant
1: baptism? Okay, good. Good. Yeah, that's usually usually where we begin. Well, you know, Rebecca, I can give you something of a facetious answer. Um in 1 Corinthians 10 and verses 1 and 2, which really is a, a reference to infant baptism in the New Testament, uh the apostle Paul uh, is writing about our fathers. It's interesting. He's writing to, to Gentiles who have believed in Jesus, and he says in 1 Corinthians 10 and, and verses 1 and 2, all of our fathers, which shows the, the connection of, of uh, Gentiles who believe in Jesus and Jews who believe in Jesus, all our fathers were baptized into Moses and in the cloud and in the sea. And the reason I say that's a reference to, to infant baptism is it's quite clear uh, in in the account of the Exodus, Pharaoh didn't want the the little children to go with the Israelites for a lot of reasons. Moses Moses said, "No way, Jose, uh, they're going to go with us." And so there were infants who were who received what was a type or or a picture of baptism. But but I know I know Rebecca, you don't want just a facetious answer. Um, well, the issue first, Rebecca isn't isn't infants. But households, Um, Mm -hmm. in God's dealings with His people, households are marked out to be followers of the Lord, and you see that. um, Well, obviously, Noah's family was uh, there was a baptism there, right? There was the world was inundated, Mm -hmm. the whole family. But for for our purposes, in Genesis twelve, God begins His covenant, making His covenant promise that will be fulfilled in Christ when he says in you all the families of the earth will be blessed and then in Genesis chapter 17 he repeats that promise and he gives a sign which as you well know I'm sure is when the Old Testament was circumcision for males and he says this is my covenant uh, that the circumcision represented that covenant and and what does that mean well it was a it was a cleansing ordinance w- with blood that pointed forward to Christ and his cross and the and the cleansing that comes from Christ's blood and then in the new testament baptism rebecca is the new testament counterpart of circumcision you see that in colossians 2:11 and 12 in him paul says you also were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. And that's an interesting phrase. There's different interpretations of it. Probably there the circumcision of Christ is Christ fulfilling the meaning of the bloody ordinance of circumcision by his own death on the cross. Even the language of cutting off is a language used of the cross. But then it says in the New Testament, that that counterpart to circumcision is having been buried with him in baptism in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And and so there you see the link, the household sign in the New Testament is baptism as it was circumcision in the old. And that's why you, you see household baptisms in Acts 16 and 1 Corinthians 1 in which which interestingly there's there's no mention that that each each person who was baptized believed but but talk to me, Rebecca, I don't want to lecture you, um, <laughs> yeah, let's interact a bit,
2: yeah, um, yeah, that's really helpful, um, so I guess another kind of idea I had when you were saying that was Jesus was baptized as an adult, okay, in yeah. the New Testament, which I think is kind of interesting, um
1: yeah. The only thing I'd say on that Rebecca is this jesus Jesus baptism was was very much an Old Testament ordinance, as was John's baptism. The Bible talks about various baptisms in the Old testament, and that baptism of Jesus was uh the the cleansing that a priest would have before he actually began his official work. So that's not that's a great point that that he was mm-hmm. an adult as he was entering on his work. Of course, that's why he goes out. He's equipped by the Spirit, and he goes out and he's tempted and so on. But that's not the equivalent of Christian baptism. Mm, okay,
2: that makes sense. Yeah, that's very helpful. Okay, just kind of have the scope of
1: it. Yeah, yeah, feel free to feel free to debate, argue. I mean, this is like the pastor's study, right? You can yeah bring up what you want. So, so what else is on your mind about baptism?
2: Yeah, so um, kind of in talking to different friends of mine, it seems that people have, I guess, different definitions of baptism. Yeah, so right. um, really what I want to know, what is the purpose of infant baptism versus adult yeah. baptism? Yeah, what would I say to somebody
1: Yeah, good. when I
2: said... Yeah.
1: Good, good, good question. I appreciate that. Well, the purpose, Rebecca, whether, regardless of when let's put it this way, regardless of when a purpose, person has been baptized, the purpose is the same. A baptism identifies the name of the person baptized with the true and living God. So whether adult or, or, or infant or anywhere in the middle, I baptize mm-hmm. you into the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is, the, is the, the, the umbrella category, the basic meaning of Christian baptism. Now, the difference is that those who believe in the baptism of believers only, and usually believers of some age and maturity, believe that baptism is a sign of that person's commitment to Christ or it's a sign of the person's faith. And and baptism simply, Rebecca, isn't spoken of that way in the New Testament. Baptism is, in the references that are there, it's always linked up with something that, that God does or God promises. Now, if one who believes in believers' baptism only says that baptism is a sign of union with Christ in his death and resurrection, that is closer to the truth, Uh, We covered that in the last program in Romans 6. Paul says, don't you know that as many as were baptized were baptized into his death? We were specifically uh, marked out as being identified with Christ in his death. But when the focus is on our faith, baptism symbolizes something we do, our faith that unites us to Christ, then baptism does become a a symbol not of the grace of God in Christ, but of what we do. And and I just, I mean, I'm open to be have my mind changed, but I don't see any place, Rebecca, in the New Testament where baptism's a sign of something that we do.
2: Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. And just um, even when a baptizes infant, I mean, when an infant is baptized and the church commits to praying for that child yeah. and having God work in their life and everything, it's really not... Of us, it's not that we reached up and grabbed the um, the lifesaver. It's that God reached down yeah, exactly. and
1: grabbed us. Yeah, exactly. Exactly, And I've often said, Rebecca, that a person's view of baptism sets a trajectory for the whole view of the Christian life. Um, the trajectory of, of baptism is meant to be Godward. We're baptized into the name of the Triune God. When our focus is on what we do. Inevitably, that view of baptism will lead to, lead to a focus on the person's Christian life, the person's obedience, and so on. That has its place, but, but we really want to be focused on God. Um, so keep going. You got so, other questions?
2: Yeah, so I guess in saying that, I know a lot of very strong believers. Who understand the gospel, but they are adult baptized, yeah, sure. and I know very strong believers who are infant baptized. So I guess another question I have have is is one more right yeah. than the other?
1: Yeah, great, yeah, appreciate that, Rebecca. And we're dealing here with an in house debate. I mean, this is a debate among among Christians. Um, well, I mean, first thing, Rebecca, the New Testament does teach. The baptism of those who believe in Christ and haven 't been baptized with Christian baptism, I mean the big example of that is the day of pentecost these were These were Jews that they were males, they had been uh, circumcised, uh, yet when they came to faith in christ there the, 's the call: repent and, and be baptized I, I think what 's interesting it, and maybe this is for another day is that Peter there says for the promise, which is the promise of the Holy Spirit, is to you and to your children and to as many that is to as many you and your children as the lord our god will call to himself and and there he is citing a specific old testament prophecy in isaiah a prophecy of the new covenant uh that repeats this household principle but but anyway but i mean there the, the those certainly at least those who believed were baptized and but at the same time the new testament also does teach household baptism with no mention of a previous faith because all of God's covenants have been with households, whether it's with Noah or with Abraham or with Moses. There's that household principle that, that is, is also repeated with respect to the promises of the New Testament and the Old Testament. And, and what I would say, Rebecca, is that um, we all want a view of baptism that allows us to do justice to all of the biblical data and mm-hmm. and believers baptism alone just doesn't do that it it doesn't account for those references to household baptism where if there was that marked change in the new testament it would explicitly say each person believed, but it doesn't well well today i'm speaking with rebecca a very well spoken you're great testimony for liberty university rebecca she's asking about infant baptism or household baptism and you're welcome to text your questions to add to rebecca's i think rebecca's got some more though um but you can your text questions five one six we'll be back with more of rebecca's questions after this message from the voice of a visit to the pastor's study
0: It's not enough to listen to pastors on the radio or to watch them on television. Everyone needs a biblically faithful pastor, and everyone needs a biblically faithful church. A visit to the pastor's study is a ministry of the Orthodox Presbyterian churches in the metropolitan New York area. We're no substitute for a faithful pastor in a local church, but we are a supplement. Visit our website, www.visitthepastor'sstudy.org, and you can bring the ministry of this program right to your electronic device. Here you'll find archives of past programs, a weekly message from Pastor Bill's Pastors Post, helps for pastors, helps for congregation members, material for officer training, and much more. That's www.visitthepastorstudy.org. And we also invite you to contact the host of this program, Pastor Bill Shishko. You can email him at visitpastorbill@gmail.com. at gmail.com He'd love to hear from you so that he can bring his pastoral ministry to you personally. That's visitpastor bill at gmail.com remember everyone needs a pastor and now back to today's edition of a visit to the pastor's study and this is pastor bill shishko
1: here with you today again text questions any time in the week arguments questions issues concerns as we formulate future programs text me 516-367- 0391. That's for Pastor Bill. You can also call my study, 516 593 1507. You'll almost always get my electronic secretary, but I welcome your calls there and we'll get back to you as time permits. Or you can email me, Visit Pastor Bill. That's all one word, visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com. Today, Rebecca and I are discussing infant baptism, better household baptism. Rebecca, how are we coming? You got other questions?
2: Yeah, um, so I do have other questions. Um, Another question I have is, um, a lot of people talk about the benefits of infant baptism um, on kind of blessing the child in certain ways, raising them under a Christian home, and I just was wondering, are there certain extra benefits that come from infant baptism versus adult
1: baptism? I I can tell you're trained in a medical field, Rebecca. You know how to ask good analytical questions. That's great. (laughs) That that is a great question. Are there certain benefits that come from one form of baptism, not the other? Uh, And I would say we could probably do a whole program on this, but just quick answers. You see, some say it doesn't make any difference, but it does. Uh, First, remember, baptism identifies you with God, okay? Baptism into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and that gives children uh, of of at least one believing parent a sense of identity that is so important in our world, and that's a world of difference between Christian parents saying, how do we regard our children with respect to the kingdom of God? Are they unregenerate? Are we supposed to treat them like pagans? Uh, Jesus said, of such is the kingdom of God. And and we take that really seriously. And just a little side note, Rebecca, that I've been fascinated with as a father of six. Children are meant to be illustrations to parents of what true faith is. Jesus did not say, unless you have a childlike faith. He said, unless you become as a little child, you can't enter the kingdom of, of heaven and 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 again, I say this very respectfully and lovingly to our Baptist brothers and sisters. They really invert things. They put the focus on adult faith or or, or an, an adult maturity to be baptized. When the when the Bible puts the focus on the faith of a child, so that's not the only answer. But let me stop there. You may want to interact with that one a little bit. Yeah,
2: um, yeah, because. Kind of when you were talking about that, a thought popped into my mind. They put so much emphasis on adult baptism, and I've heard a lot of um, Baptists talk about, well, if you don't adult baptize, then there's no way to know how to church discipline, or we don't... It's kind of this idea, we don't know how to regard who is saved in the Church and who is not, and that kind of just popped in my mind when you were saying all that, how do we kind of categorize this yeah. and yeah.
1: yeah. Again, well, great question. The The children, all those who are baptized, ought to be regarded as members of what we call the visible church. We use a distinction between communicant members, older ones who have professed their faith in Christ, and the younger ones who have not. The younger ones are not yet permitted to partake of the Lord's Supper. But yeah, they are there to be children who are baptized, anyone who's baptized, is to be regarded fully as part of the church. And what's interesting, Rebecca, is that that's exactly the way the New Testament speaks of children. Uh, in Ephesians and Colossians in particular, you have the the Apostle Paul writing generally to the church. And then he says, beginning in chapter 5 of Ephesians, for example, now you husbands love your wives, you wives submit to your husbands, you children obey your parents and the Lord, and parents bring up your children in the child training of the Lord. Then he speaks to servants and masters. Well, why does he single those out? They were the basic unit of the family in the first century, and they were regarded as saints. Baptism marks us out as saints. So, so, so I mean, th- th- that's another crucial thing is identity. Children really are regarded as part of the church. And, and I, I need to add this. Baptism does need to be improved. Language we used in last in the last program, for parents of baptized children, that means they're meant to be discipled, teaching and showing them the love and the grace and the mercy and the truth and the kindness of God from their infancy, and kind of living out what I'm sure your parents did with you, teaching out and 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 showing out. Jesus loves me. This I know, for the Bible tells me so. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that's going to yeah. be important for you, Rebecca. When, when you become a, a parent down the line, you get married and have children, you know, that'll be important to you. All right, we we've got about a minute left. You got any other questions that I could do in a minute?
2: Yeah, um, I guess just my last question would be: if someone was baptized as an infant and they really feel like they actually yeah. came to faith as an adult, they repented, they believed that they believed, um, should they be rebaptized?
1: No. And you don't you don't live you don't live out of your out of your feelings. I, that's a great lead into the counsel from the pastor's study. We'll do in just a minute or so. But Rebecca, there were many false teachers in the New Testament who, who no doubt baptized, um, and and there's no mention at all in the New Testament of rebaptism. The nearest you'd get would be in Acts chapter 19. There were disciples who only knew of John's baptism, John the Baptizer's baptism, which was an Old Testament baptism or cleansing they had to be baptized with christian baptism what's interesting rebecca is uh, simon in acts chapter 8 he is baptized and yet he's clearly unconverted the apostle peter uses some pretty strong language there he's called to repent he's not called to be rebaptized. so uh hey great great question thanks rebecca for your call yeah. today i appreciate this well hopefully we can chat again sometime
2: Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you very much.
1: You're most welcome. Just a brief time of counsel from the pastor's study. Folks, don't focus your attention on who baptized you or when you were baptized, okay? Focus on what the baptism means. Uh, that's where your faith needs to go. I mean simple illustration. You got a legal document, you don't focus on who signed the document, you focus on what the document says, okay? And so I appeal to all of you to think seriously about what your baptism means. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and and, and verse 11, the apostle And following, the Apostle Paul says, Christ didn't send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. And in that context, he's saying, wait a minute, don't focus on parties or denominations or teachers or who baptized you or whatever that would be. Uh, Rather, he says, uh, focus on On what that baptism means the cross of Christ and you see if you don't folks it's going to lead you very easily to a sectarian spirit so baptism identifies you with the triune God Father Son and Holy Spirit the focus of that work is deliverance from sin and death through Jesus Christ God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son right and baptism is a sign that points you to that work very simple illustration There's many different McDonald's hamburger signs. I'm interested in all of them. They're official signs. They're put up by the McDonald's company. But you don't quibble about those signs or boast in them. That would be silly. You go into what the sign points to, and you eat. Your baptism points you to Jesus Christ. Go to him and satisfy the hunger of your soul. So appreciate you listening in today. Check out the archives of past Program, Sermon Check a visit to the Pastor's Study site or our own website. Visit the Pastor's Study, all one You can email me, visit Pastor Bill at gmail.com, or call my study, 516 593 1507. Sunday is the Lord's Day. Be sure to set apart time to worship the Lord in the church, faithful to the Word of God, because everyone needs a pastor.
0: You've been listening to this week's A Visit to the Pastor's Study, a ministry of Reformation Metro New York, Incorporated in the Orthodox Presbyterian Churches of Metropolitan New York and Connecticut. For more information on the program, check out our website at www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. That's www.visitthepastorsstudy.org. Listen in next week for another Visit to the Pastor's Study. Remember, everyone needs a pastor.